lifelong student mentality, even in a position of leadership, is extraordinarily beneficial. And in my mind, personally for myself, mandatory, but very beneficial because it keeps that ear open when it, it's not just lip service, it's actual active listening to, to bring it full circle back to auditory, but it's active, yeah. it's active listening. And I think that that's something that particularly as a woman in tech is, is extraordinarily important. Welcome to Audio Branding, the hidden gem of marketing. I'm your host, Jody Krangle, and this podcast will discuss just how sound influences our behavior. I generally talk about this in the context of advertising and marketing, but there are other places this is important too. I really feel that it plays a much more important role in our lives than maybe we realize. So let's delve a little deeper. Here's the second part of my interview with Brandy Sanders. Okay, you knew I was going to go here. (laughs) But I have to ask, because, uh, you know, I started really early in the computer sales game, Mm -hmm. like in the really early 90s, Um, and even maybe a little bit earlier than that. And it was hard. It was really tough to get taken seriously. Oh, yeah. So I'm hoping, I'm kind of hoping that it's getting a little better in the tech sphere for women. But I have to ask you, because you deal with this so often, like how how is it for you? Have you been, um, have you felt like, you know, anything has happened that you know, that has kept you from achieving what you want to achieve or um, like, how is that with you? Like, how's the environment? I mean, I know you love where you are right now. Oh, so absolutely. I'm just gonna, I was like, yeah, full disclosure. I'm just going to put that out there. Yeah. <laughs> technology is rough. But I know that there's a lot that went into that. Absolutely. And as a woman, I'd like to hear. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I mean, believe me when I tell you there could be a whole nother. There could be an eight-hour <laughs> podcast on this subject, and I could have a panel of 24 women across multiple multiple <laughs> verticals, backgrounds, experiences, and levels of literacy. I know we so, could, yes. Um, I mean, I think in, in full transparency, look, like it is, it is what it is, and I hate saying that because it sounds so dismissive. Um, I almost feel like if I focus on it too much, it's like when you tie your shoes, right? Mm-hmm. You go to tie your shoes, you sit there, stare at the bow, focus on it. What's the problem? How do I fix it? Your shoes are never going to get tied, damn it. You're just going to be sitting there <laughs> with, with two loose noodles in your hands, and you're not going to be up off your ass walking down the street like you should have been 10 minutes ago because you're absorbed with analysis paralysis, where mm-hmm. you're stuck on the problem and you're not like a part of any solution because you're like, my God, this is awful, right? So, I mean, I think it, there's going to be generations of women before me who are definitely going to be like, hey, it's a little better now. At least we get to vote. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's a little better now. I get to own my own property. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, um, but particularly for tech, I mean, there are, and again, I'm going to come right back to data because I feel like that's the only safe way to navigate this conversation without getting like, you know, Twitter hate mail <laughs> or, or ending up on some on some board somewhere where someone's like, ah, you hate us or something like that, which is absolutely empirically untrue because um, mm-hmm. I'm an e- equal opportunity uh, good like let's all work together collaboratively let's make the best of what we have and mm-hmm. I feel like yeah there are challenges so like full circle and transparency like failure uh, it, there's no way for me to innovate my life without failures and I've certainly had my fair share of 
kind of just like ridiculous situations and and <laughs> to protect the identity of others and certain entities that I, I don't want to bring into the conversation. Um, mm-hmm. That challenge is, you know, it exists. And I feel like you can't talk about women in tech without looking at empirical data that shows who our stakeholders are, who C-suite is. I mean, that there's an extraordinary number of women, particularly past uh, a certain um, uh, demographical age unit that fall off. And that's not all just because of, hey, we had babies and now we quit. Um, A lot of it's, you know, work environment, right? And then I think trajectory Mm -hmm. too. Like it's not as clear as it would be for other certain demographics, what that path looks like. And I think sometimes there's a ceiling and it still exists. Of course it does. Of course it does. And you'll have the naysayers who are like, hey, I saw a female CEO once. <laughs> well, well thanks, thanks, Chad. <laughs> thanks, Chad. I appreciate your yeah. input there. But statistically speaking, mm-hmm. statistically speaking, my man, it's not even 50-50. So, and I could be wrong. Someone please pull a .gov uh, thing on me and, and send me the BLS report. But um, I don't think that I am. Uh, but I, I think, too, when you when you look at how we're working in that environment, I think that there's a certain level of visibility with the advent of social media and channels where women are supporting other women, things like Chief, things like um, there's so many other things besides Chief because that has kind of a high price point for entry there, which is another mm-hmm. thing we'll talk about later um, <laughs> where we cannibalize our own. But that's another podcast. Um, women support women. What are you doing out here? Um, this is not the Mean Girls Club, guys. Get with it. Like, so it's so 1980s shoulder pad. Like, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. Like, we should really be supporting other women. Like, don't sabotage, you know, uh, support, support your own. Keep that door held open for the person behind you. There is no, there is no crazier thing for me than to see someone kind of ascend to a certain, we'll say C-suite level, because that's really kind of like everyone's dream state, right? Well, most Mm -hmm. people's dream state when you work in technology is like, oh, I just want to get up there, right? Keep climbing. And you get there and then you see them kind of like slam the door behind them. And then their persona can change um, and they they become a victim of the things that they're surrounded by. And they try to echo those things that they're surrounded by instead of holding on to the very thing that led them to have that success. And I think for me personally – when I mentor someone, when I support, promote, enable, hire across all these different types of people, all these different types of teams, all these different types of women, um, men, you know, I, there's so many different ways that we can talk about like inclusivity and diversity, but I do my best to try to keep those stakeholders like at the table. They have to be at the mm-hmm. table because otherwise you're going to get a tone deaf campaign that ends up getting lambasted on Twitter. And I think that there is definitely evidence of that, particularly in certain verticals. But like when I bring those stakeholders in, for me, mentorship, engagement, supporting and raising other people up is not like a fear factor. Like I don't feel, oh my gosh, like I can't believe like, um, you know, I gave this person a promotion. I'm worried they're going to take my role. That kind of like mental monologue has to stop because we already have to do the boys versus girl thing. What are we doing when you turn around and you've got a Regina you know what I mean? Like, it's crazy mm-hmm. to me that in 2020, women in tech who are in a, a, a position of leadership still feel like it's necessary to be that bitch. It's necessary mm-hmm. to be unempathetic and to be purely statistical with zero human engagement because that is how you fail. How many times mm-hmm. do we see sociopaths drive a company into the ground? You know, or a team <laughs> yeah. or a team. If you see that door constantly churning and people are constantly being terminated or fired or the door is always moving, there is a like a cancerous problem there that is mestatized. And I'm, I'm probably saying that wrong, that word wrong right there. But, 
Like you have to be mindful of, of the culture that you, you bring with you, particularly as a woman, because we, and I, again, guys save the hate mail for later, but we do have to work twice as hard to prove ourselves. We have to have mm-hmm. empirical statistical data. If we're going to be taking a risk, we have to be able to, to not only do as good, but better because that's just the nature of the beast. That's just what we are as biological energy entities. I have to like prove myself <laughs> 10 times as hard. And, and even yeah. then sometimes still not get like legitimized as much as the person next to me who Googled the answer instead of having 10 years of experience and is now mansplaining the whole group. Um, mm-hmm. But I'll save that for a Twitter feed. <laughs> but I mean, I think, I think for me personally, at the point where I am in my career, mentorship is just so undervalued. And I think that for me, I'm going to hold the door open every damn time i'm gonna hold that so that's door how open we can help each other every yeah. single time because you can go up and you can come down just as fast you can come mm-hmm. down just as fast and i have seen it again and again and again and again and so for me at the end of the day hey it's great like hey let's all make good money let's have benefits let's have a 401k guys how about it you know <laughs> particularly after getting paid with pizza and and <laughs> you know doing the arts for 20 years but i feel like yeah I feel like there's a value there because for me, every mentorship is a seed that I am placing that can change that person's life, not only at the financial level, like, well, hey, we're taking, you know, um, a person who was a receptionist making like minimum wage, teaching them how to speak the language of tech, of which we all know there was a language, there's a way of holding ourselves, there's a vernacular, there is a costume that we put on every day in this world to be like, yo, you can see I know what I'm talking about, right? And, and and it's true. It's absolutely true. Trust mm-hmm. me. Go to San Francisco. Stay there a couple of weeks. Leave. Come back out and be like, oh my god, the microcosm is amazing. Um, but I <laughs> I plant those seeds so that the, at the end of my life and my career, when I turn around, um, I'm not just seeing you know a, a a stack of papers that said, hey, great job on your campaign or your film or your movie or your book or whatever it is that you're working on that you put your energies into. I support people and I mentor them because those seeds. When I turn around at the end of my life, God forbid, if you lay your head at the end of the day and you're putting your head down, I want to turn around and I want to see a huge garden. That's a great analogy. And I I, I love where you're going with that. And yeah, I guess uh, we need to support each other. For sure. And that's that's across that's across all those canyons. That's not just like, hey, women support women. That's like it's our job, particularly with the privileges that I have in my life. Which, believe me, <laughs> I'm uniquely aware of more than I ever was in my youth. It's my job to hold that door open and to enable these people to not only lift themselves up financially and and have an opportunity, but to have a stake at that table and to be able to transcend just be beyond manager, beyond director, beyond SVP. Like it's our mm-hmm. job to be able to push those things forward. And particularly for myself, I feel like mentorship for women in tech and, and particularly all of the, the groups that are constantly like undervalued in tech, I feel like it is, it is our job to hold that door open. And I know every day, uh, for me personally, it's something that I strive to do because I want to look back at the end and mm-hmm. see that garden. And I don't want it to just be a couple of feet. I want to see fields. <laughs> I want to see fields on fields, rolling fields of each opportunity where I've enabled that person to, <laughs> to flourish, right? Yeah. Okay. I want to yes. see it. Yeah. 
Uh, and I, yeah, I would fully support that. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Um, I know, for instance, there's a um, pod in podcasting in the podcasting space. There's the She Podcasts, and there's yep. the Osa Network, and is it Osa? I think it's Osa. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Um, yeah, there's like a whole bunch of these that that have been popping up just to you know keep women yeah. supporting women in certain areas where they might need extra support. Which oh yeah, I think it's fantastic. Yeah, because I mean the the whole podcasting thing has been traditionally very male centric. Um, for a while, that's I think the it's biz, baby. To change. Right? That's the biz, baby. Yeah. That's yeah, exactly. It's, it's you open a that play- cycle play- of things. Uh, open, open that playbill, and I'm like 99 percent sure half of them, uh, half of them are going to be of a certain demographic nature. You open the playbill, the power players, yeah. producer, director, mm-hmm. creator. Yeah, where the money yeah. is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> it's great exactly to me. And I mean, it. that's part of why I step behind the cameras. I'm like, hey, there's more power here. And mm-hmm. I have the ability to to lift other people up in a way that I definitely was powerless to do before um, as just being like purely like, hey, we're tall, like talent or whatever, however you want to call that, like the pure creator. Mm-hmm. And I think that particularly with podcasting and like I said, the advent of social media, we're more visible to each other than ever before. And I think that um, there's an invisible net of women around me all the time when I think about it. And I I can see the Twitter threads in my head already, but there's just a a (laughs) net of women across the globe that I've worked with who are extraordinarily talented. And we all get down, and this isn't just like exclusive to women, but we all get to the point, particularly in tech, where you're like, I've I've gone through the grind. Like, I don't know if I have anything left. I'm the passive aggressive, underground, you know, the bro business. Like, it's exhausting. It's exhausting Mm -hmm. and nepotistic and... And, and I'm all for bringing certain elements in when we talk about nepotism at arm's length because, hey, of course, we all want to bring in people that we know. But, like, we also just need to be mindful of, like, hey, is this purely because, bro, we're bros? Like, does that mm-hmm. person have, like, the literacy to do this? And if they don't, like, you need to ask yourself, can they be put somewhere else? Or how how are you going to handle that? Like, you can't have, you know – <laughs> you, you make someone a manager and then you have like the person that they're supposed to be training, training them on how to be a manager. Like that's some ass backwards shit right there. Like, <laughs> sorry, I'm just calling it. I'm going to call that duck a duck. Yeah. And, and, yeah. <laughs> and I feel like, you know, you need to be mindful of that. And it's okay to, to, to have these things where we are enabling people and bringing them in. But we also just have to be mindful of literacy because in this day and age, it can get called out at a moment's notice. You know, Mm -hmm. especially with cancel culture. I mean, like, don't you want to do best by not only the people that you're bringing in, you don't want to set them up to fail. Like if someone said, hey, Brandy, I have this great job. It's a surgeon and it pays like $800,000 a year. You want it? You're my friend. And I'd be like, no, (laughs) like, no, (laughs) there's just, hey, man, I would love that. But I don't have the levels of literacy and technological skill to take that. So I would be set up for failure and some pretty serious lawsuits. But I mean, I feel, yeah. like, <laughs> I feel like I feel like it's 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 on us to collaborate in intelligent ways. And I, again, it all for me, it all comes back to data because it's like, hey, can we prove can we show literacies here? Like if you're control, if you're in control of a project. Right. Mm-hmm. Um hopefully you would have the level of literacy working on that platform or like whether it's podcasting or Salesforce or, you know, um, any, any, any platform or or tool at all. Um, If you're going to be that leader, you really need to have had experience with that. And I think sometimes there's a little bit of dissonance with people. Like once they float up past a certain area, tactically, they lose all their skills. And I think that's why I live 
and breathe and eat like online training and like continue education. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's exhausting. And, you know, on a weekend, I'm doing quadratic equations when I could be like basking by the poolside. But I feel like (laughs) that that level of sharpness can sometimes get muddied as we go up that ladder. And then you'd get, you know, you get surrounded like we talked about those microcosms, those echo chambers and I think I actively try, and this is just my own personal biased experience, but I actively Mm -hmm. try to cancel that out so that there is constantly a thread with whatever that current is that's moving forward. And it's not just like, you know, that that same echo chamber. Like there's always Mm -hmm. an ability to have that rapid learning agility and pivot it into whatever the demands may be. And I think that agility has served in, again, selfish, biased, personal opinion has served me mm-hmm. well because tech is ever changing, as we all know, like dot boomers, like, hey, retail apocalypse, like there's a lot of different things that come into play that, you know, that stability of that madman arrow is gone. And so it's up to us to own that. And I think that that, that um, lifelong student mentality, even in a position of leadership, is extraordinarily beneficial and in my mind personally for myself mandatory but very beneficial because it keeps that ear open when it's not just lip service it's actual active listening to to bring it full circle back to auditory but it's active active listening and I think that that's something that particularly as a woman in tech is is extraordinarily important yeah so never stop learning definitely no you can't the the days of comfort (laughs) are gone like I I chuckle when people are like I'm good and I'm like are you because in yeah. five minutes when they come out and they tell us like this CRM is dead and now we're doing this other thing, like, can we, can we keep it moving? And unfortunately that's mm-hmm. just the nature, that's the nature of commerce in, in 2020 is like, we have to do these things in order to stay relevant and fresh and make sure that we're being flexible and agile with the things that we're doing and, and not just like kind of just, you know, putting our, our eggs all in one basket. You really do have to be multifaceted and dynamic in the way that you approach things if you want to have maximum benefit. So speaking of that, what is it that you're working on now? Oh, all <laughs> these know, questions. Full circle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working on a very large cortado. Um, <laughs> this delicious coffee. Um, many coffees. Um, working on being a mom. Uh-huh. So I feel like shout out working moms. My, I don't know how we do it. Okay. I literally do not know. Uh, and if you're doing it alone, I feel like there should be like a prize awarded beyond Mother's Day, <laughs> beyond just Mother's Day, uh, because champions. Yeah. I mean, it's truly, uh, you literally uh, have to adapt in so many different ways. And and Moms in Tech, uh, shout out, come to me on Twitter at Planet Brandy if you want to talk about this, because I'm still trying to figure it out. Um, but uh, I'm working on my master's degree in uh, data science and analytics. Um, clearly, I have a, a, a kiddo now, so that's, I know, a little bit slower <laughs> than it was before, <laughs> because you try to do... Uh, regression modeling when you're potty training. I want to see you try and hold down that nine to five. All right, uh, with a global <laughs> with a global entity. Um, yeah, but I mean, I, I feel like I'm working on that, and I'm also I'm and I hate I, you know it's almost like when you say I'm starting a podcast, it's like the 1990s version of I'm starting a band. Oh um, yeah, <laughs> and so I am. I'm working on two podcasts now, guys. Don't even ask me what the go date for that is because the road. <laughs> what map, are they going to be about? <laughs> the roadmap looks like Candyland. Hell, it might be Candyland <laughs> if my daughter gets hold of it. Um, what what will they be about? Actually, there's two of them. Curiosity. So um, mm-hmm. uh, the first one was um, called The Recovering Creative. Don't you dare trademark this, anyone. <laughs> the Recovering Creative, which is really about um, uh, people who have come from like backgrounds like us, like creative performers, um, you know, just like doing the really wonderful side of like creation. 
um, and who have either that side gig, that nine to five, or the entrepreneurial spirit, and then financial literacy, contract negotiation, and really just living in these two worlds. So like when you're in your 20s and you're a creative person, it's so wonderful because usually you're not tethered. There's no mortgage. Everything is Mm -hmm. so free and wonderful. You're also very easy to be fit because here you are, you know, like a nubile 20-year-old, like working the grind, doing everything that you need to do. And I feel like um, that changes as you get older, naturally, as with most verticals, it goes through changes. And for me personally, like financial literacy was not something that I learned when I was doing ballet. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't say, by the way, here's how you want to look at your contract when you're negotiating a tour. Or like, hey, by the way, when you're doing that Shakespeare, blah, 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 summer thing, like, here's something you need to know about being union or non-union. So like all these different levels of literacy were kind of like missing. And I can- I'm really, really lucky in that in the voiceover business, they do kind of teach you the mm-hmm. business end because we're all like sole proprietors. Yeah, all 1099ing and like doing it on your own. So, yeah. yeah. And I feel like for me personally, like Recovering Creative podcast is really about um, what happens after right? Like what happens? So like there's so many podcasts and books and Uta Hagening the hell out of things where it's like Mm -hmm. respect for acting and like how to get into it. But what happens when you're transitioning? Like when it goes from like 100% to like 90-10 or 80-20 or 50-50, you know what I mean? Like understanding that split, what happens when you're having a family? How do you straddle these, these worlds and live effectively? And I think there's a million and one different podcasts books and things about getting into the biz, but there's not a lot when people talk about that thing where you're like, am I an actress? If I'm doing acting and doing this, um, mm-hmm. am I still a performer? If I do this, 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 and this as well, like all of those different things I think matter. And then there's support there too, because there's a lot of people who try to make that transition and it's like a, a brutal crash and burn in your thirties or forties you know, when you're getting typecast out because there's a 22-year-old right next to you and the 22-year-old's always going to win. I know that's a quote mm-hmm. from some movie somewhere, but like, you know, being, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You can five, six, seven, yeah. eight all you want, babe, but like there comes a time and the piper gets paid, right? And not everyone wants to just teach. So I think that being able to talk about those transitions and, and with a, a great sense of humor because you just, Listen, that's just a part of it, babe. You got to have it. You're going to be in the biz. Mm-hmm. You got to have a sense of humor, <laughs> a particularly oh, yeah. caustic and sarcastic and self-depreciating one. Um, but there's that one. And then there were two others that I was doing, um, one which was in partnership with um, one of my business partners that was purely focused on like B2B and digital marketing literacy. And then the other one was about first generation. Um, and again, lots of podcasts on this um, particularly, but coming from like um, – the first generation to graduate from high school or and not from like just like immigrant status because that's like a very popular mm-hmm. subject right now where we talk about like first gen when we use the word first gen we're referring to people who are new to the United States but for me when I talk about first gen I'm talking about like breaking a generational chain of illiteracy mm-hmm. or lack of financial literacy or being the first one to go to college you know mm-hmm. like all of those things are Um, really important to me. And when you look at things like drop rates for people who are the first ones to go to college and like the kind of social acclimation that has to happen for that, it is a really tough nugget to crack because those drop rates after that first year just go double digit high. 
And so I feel like that transition from, and I'm going to use the phrase white trash because it's the easiest way to explain (laughs) my origin story. Um, (laughs) Take that, guys. Stick that in your Mm -hmm. Facebook. Um, But I feel like when we talk talk about that that change from like white trash to white collar, do not trademark that. Um, (laughs) that, 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 That trajectory was just a massive amount of of self-actualization, personal development, beyond just Bob Proctor affirmation world, but like really just fundamental changes in how you view the world, how you view yourself, the things that we tell ourselves, the stories that we tell ourselves, and the things that need to change where you're literally recreating yourself in the image that you have in that eighth grade sketchbook to say, I want to Mm -hmm. be that person. How the hell do I get there from here? And having mentors actively be a part of that podcast and not mentor at face value where you're like, cool, I did the podcast and I said the word mentor. Now I'm a mentor, but like active, (laughs) active engagement, right? Active engagement, Mm -hmm. particularly for um, groups that um, obviously have less support, particularly like if we look at like women in tech and where we talk about like diversity and inclusivity and things like that, like making that, Mm -hmm. that kind of bridge over I think is really valuable because it's often looked over and the assumption is is like hey if I walk into a room I like I really doubt people know that this xyz depressing fact about like you know um, we ate spam for like two weeks and lived in a car or something like that like all those different (laughs) facts there it's not a part of like your day-to-day facade and I feel Mm -hmm. like in, in getting people to understand that there's a transitory period and that who you are and who you want to be can be one in the same um, requires powerful growth. And especially for those first geners, like it is extraordinarily difficult and challenging. It's societally speaking, crab in a barrel if you want to get into it, but we'll save that for another time. But um, mm-hmm. societally speaking, like it's a very, it's a, it's a crazy, it's a crazy path to take. And a lot of people fell at it. So I'm trying to, to build out um, a sustainable and scalable approach to mentorship for that particularly um, disadvantaged group. So speaking of mentorship, then, how would people get in touch with you? Ah, I would say, you know, (laughs) you know, but you know, Um, (laughs) hey, lady, mentor me. Um, uh, Well, I mean, you still get to pick and choose. (laughs) I know exactly. No, no, I'm all about it. Um, I love this. The inbox is always open. Um, I would say LinkedIn first and foremost. um, B-R-A-N-D-E-E is Brandy. And Sanders, S-A-N-D-E-R-S. Find me on LinkedIn. Um, also on uh, Twitter at Planet Brandy. Um, you know, feel free to reach out. Like I love uh, connecting people, networking, you know, always people knocking on the door with opportunities. So I love to pass those opportunities along to other people. Um, because like I said, I love I love the group that I'm working with now. And I have such, mm-hmm. speaking of mentorship, just brilliant mentorship in Tony Lani and, and the team at Appetize Technology. So I'm very fortunate to have that, but I know not everyone does. And so I love to open that door, particularly for uh, the groups that that struggle for recognition and tech and, and make sure that I can connect them with any network opportunities or referrals or, you know, just have a quick chat, try to get them, push them up that ladder and, and get them all the skills and levels of literacy that they need to succeed in whatever vertical it is that they're approaching. So that door is always sure. open. Please feel free to connect. Yeah. Reach out on LinkedIn. Let's make a garden. <laughs> I'm down with it. Garden, I'm talking like I want like sequoias to the sky. I want to look back at the end and think I built that. Okay, a forest. Right? Yeah. Give me give me all of the Adirondacks. Thank you so much for talking with me, Brandy. I really appreciate it. Awesome. This has been great. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Uh-huh. 
Well, that's the end of this episode. Thanks for listening. And if you like what you heard, please take a moment to give the podcast a review. It's greatly appreciated and super helpful. Until next time.